Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Two Sides Podcast, where we discuss a variety of topics in a very civil war of words. My name is Maxwell, and I'm here with my co-host, Alexis. Hello. Jory. Hello. Nicholas. Hello. And Rebecca. Hi. Now they'll actually talk later, but before that, today we'll be discussing the articles, uh... Let me pull it up right here. Code switching to navigate social class in higher education and student affairs. How brands craft national identity and a small TED talk. Um, And right now we'll be discussing the pathos of these articles. So who would like to start us off? Uh, I would like to start. Okay, go ahead. So I read this part in the article, which is page 37. Mm-hmm. This part in the article talks about about how there is class bias. Mm-hmm. And it serves to push not just students, but everybody else. Like when it comes to um, the public and socially mm-hmm. it's uh, it's evidence of how like the ma- vast major- majority of the US and like including college students like identify as middle class mm-hmm. is this is this a bias is this only for people of lower and mid class or does this also apply to no, it applies to all classes because because yeah. there is the stigma. There's the stigma around like class bias. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there is there is three. There's there's three classes in the population, but. Uh, it's interesting enough how like how like even when it comes to like poorer classes they really want to associate themselves with like the middle class Mm -hmm. I I do have a, uh, a quote here to support what you're saying which is from page 37 where you were just reading um mm -hmm. For working in lower class college students, identification with the middle class reflects the social mobility promised by higher education. For upper class students, such identification may reflect the desire to be recognized for one's merits as opposed to the benefits of unearned privilege. Although both situations result in students attempting to navigate their social class of origin and the dominant class status of their institutions of higher education. So the the bias is uh is different towards each class and the desire to reach for middle is is staged in completely different um perceptions but yeah it is there does anyone have any further points to make on class bias no okay 
Does anyone have uh, anything else they would like to talk about for Pathos? Because we do have quite a bit more article here to get through, at least on code switching. We'll get to national identity later. I think, like, because of the, the students who were in, like, the middle class, and um, they wanted to see, like, they code switched to be in the higher class. Like, I think there's a few examples of, like, the student examples, like, um, or the working class. Like, there's a Jamie in there, and she's she dresses her best when she wear when she goes to school to see more professional. And I think that takes a lot of, like, the emotion of, like, altering yourself to seem as that, like, higher class. Mm -hmm. So around her peers, she'll seem a little more professional. And the altering emotion isn't necessarily something that is easy, in my opinion. You have to, like, put on this whole new role of who you are and what you do. So I think that has something to do with the emotion behind the pathos with the students in that and article. real quick for the uh for the listeners that is page 42 at the top yes talking about jamie um there there's many uh examples given on page 41 and 42 and they show up later on in the article as well showing different situations among students or workers um using code switching um so yes that is that is completely valid uh, well <clears throat> while i do agree on rebecca's argument i kind of do disagree on some points of it like what go off of that well, for one, for some people, code switching is not really that difficult. Yeah. Because I mean, at times, code switching can be a mask to hide, to hide yourself or to create another, like, a uh, persona of yourself. Yeah, I think it depends on the, like... I don't know the how severe they are putting on another like ego. It depends on like it could be I feel like it could get a little difficult after a while after doing it for so long. I mean if she's going to like school, her semesters are like around 5 to 6 months. So her pretending to be somebody who she's not every single day could get a little tiring. And I feel like that's it plays a lot into the, like, mental, I think. True. Like, slight code switching, like, pretending, like, you have a different job. I feel like that's a little bit less severe than every day going to school around different peers. True. Maybe someone else. But, um, in the internet, every, everybody hides under a different alias, right? We yeah. do code switching in our everyday lives, and even our professors and our peers do it as well, at least in some way. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. 
Another thing with Pathos is also another example is on page 41 where Jonathan, how he's, where it says a traditional age white cisgender male is attending a private school in the South and how he has to change how he speaks in order to blend in with the crowd that he's in at his school. Yeah, that's kind of like relating to the TED Talk by Sandra Arthur, how she like changes her, I think her clothes to fit in with her peers. Then how you were saying how it's tiring, I would like if I was him, that that would be tiring because I mean, if I went to a private school and I had to act like how they were, I think in my opinion, I would be like struggling because like, I, I don't think I would last that long. Trying to talk, I don't know, I guess, more high class. Yeah. I kind of do disagree on that part of the article. Um, I don't think it's necessary at times to have have this code switching, like, literally all the time just to fit in an environment. Sure, I mean, it's it's useful at times, but do we have to use it, like, to the max? What if it's just slightly... Because uh, the rest of us do not want to, sometimes do want to put all in the effort to to code switching just to just to be in in many environments, including school. Yeah, I also want to add on is that say if I if I got in private school, uh, I I wouldn't want to uh, change, put on a mask, code switch. I'll just be myself, be the odd one out, and maybe it will be a good thing. I'll, I'll be the one uh, that, that gets, uh, I, I guess, noticed by by many. And that's. Cool. I agree with Alexis. Yeah. I mean, if if we're thinking only in the the context of school, then it'd be completely fine to stand out and be like that. But in the uh, and that's very dependent on the type of school. Like socially. if you're going to a public school or if you're going to, uh, let's say, uh, oh, why did I forget what it's called? Um, hmm. One sec, my brain's restarting. Community college. That's what it is. If you're going to community oh. college, like things like that, there's there's a much more fun, not as like professional vibe. And for me, that worked really well. I liked I liked having that. My teachers had fun. We were all very silly and very different from each other, but we all got along somehow because of that, because we were able to just do whatever we wanted, but like yeah. not inappropriately. Because we were all able to set boundaries for ourselves of like, okay, what is okay? What is not okay? This would make people uncomfortable. Most most people can do that inside their own head. But the problem is in a more professional environment, such as going to a university, you know, Harvard, Berkeley, stuff like that, your, your teachers are not going to be okay with you being a class clown or wearing something that may be bright or distracting as as ridiculous as that might sound that's just how it works in the more business side of the world and it's especially when it comes to a job 
Because you can lose your job over small things. Um. That's why code switching yes. is necessary. It's not... I'd say for, for social environments like school, you want to be yourself because then you can find people to connect through. But if it's it's a work environment, then code switching is very necessary because that's that's a job and it's not usually about enjoying yourself. Although if you do enjoy yourself in your work, that is the best case scenario. But for most people, that's not going to be the case. That well, not all the time it's gonna happen, uh, especially, especially in other parts of the world. Yeah, it's yeah, very much. It's very thing. much centered in our culture. I I can't speak for other cultures. I can only speak for ours. Uh. Um, but in other we are parts of the world, code switching on. is all right, but you can definitely just be yourself, and you, you don't have to do code switching. I mean, people can immediately notice that you're pretty different, but they wouldn't really mind as long as you do all the all the hard work. That's all that. That's all that counts. But yes, that in our in our culture. In the U.S., it's pretty different, but in other cultures around the world, it's different as well. Yeah, that's that's why I'm saying I, I can only speak for our culture and how our job our job system works. If you're talking about like low grade jobs, like uh, I say low grade, but I just mean jobs that don't have a whole lot of requirements to get into them such as manual labor and stuff like that. I've worked quite a lot of those jobs and it's very much not very not professional and they don't really care about that. They they want you to be professional when it comes to doing your work. But when it comes yeah. to how you act and how you speak, they don't really care. And that it's it's more fun because of I agree that. with it, that. It leaves a lot of the stress. But when we're talking about like a like a corporate job, white collar, yeah, that type of stuff, that's what I mean. Code switching is necessary because they can and will fire people for uh, quote unquote behavioral issues if you're yeah, doing. Yeah, code if switching you're just is really. Yeah, code switching is really important in professional workplaces. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that I was saying. Yeah, I wasn't saying all workplaces, but uh, professional that I agree. workplaces. Uh, we do need to move on to the national identity article because we have been talking for quite a while on this, actually. If I I don't know how long the intro was, it might have been a couple minutes that we mistakenly had, but currently the recording is at. 22 minutes so we should move on to our next topic which is national identity and i'm going to say that uh is not going to start us off on this one you are forbidden from starting yeah i'll us off start on this off one. on a later note 
Um, would anyone else like to get us started on this? Uh, yeah, I can, I can start it out. So, uh, the article, it talks about, um, <clears throat> how brands, the, the main, the main whole thing, how brands can contribute to construction and expression of a national identity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it suggests that brands can play a significant role in, um, shaping national identity, like, uh, like in the article, we creating products, advertising, and the uh, experiences that evoke of national pride and identity. So I want to, I want to talk about the ethos they use in, in their, the, the authors are, they're uh, well-respected, right? They're known with uh, extensive experience in marketing and branding, which gives the, which it gives a uh, credibility of, of the article, right? <clears throat> Can you tell yeah. us where that, where, where you're looking at, what page? In the introduction. In the introduction. Yeah, it just, it just uh, talks about uh, many, many credible sources that, that's been used uh, to talk, to write about this article. Ah, <clears throat> uh, you mean the, uh, Michael B. Beverland is a professor of marketing, that type of stuff? Yeah. Okay, okay. Brands crafting national identity. Let me see if I can find something to, uh to spurt some conversation. Let's see. I mean, I could come up with the sentence that could maybe inspire some conversation. How, how do you guys think brands craft national identity? Because we've, we've read the article. We've seen what they've talked about. How does the brands you wear influence your identity? Um, I'm seeing on page 587 under oh, brands see. and national identity. It's giving like a little bit of examples, just an immediate answer to that. Um, how brands experience the local, national, or global identifying um, in a dynamic interplay. And then it says later on, the brands are culture, ideology, and political objects. And then, so they kind of build off of, I feel like also they build off of pathos, ethos, and logos using those to craft the brand and kind of uh, adopt a identity that they want their yeah your buyers to you know play yeah i agree um brands do have a prestige around them yeah i mean there's lots of like jobs behind brands like there's the marketing group and there's the like uh 
social media groups and they all like there's tons of people who are involved in like a a company brand and they all have different jobs and there's tons of people who just like gain this like I don't know what other word to use other than manipulation for their consumers. Influence. Yeah, yeah yes, influence exactly. or uh, control. Might be yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But. Um, and Good this has this has reminded me. Do you think? Because you you talked about uh, you talked about the prestige of a brand, and we did talk about how in code switching, people want to associate themselves with certain brands uh, with not with certain brands they want to associate themselves with the middle class because it's for the higher class people they want those achievements to be theirs and theirs alone etc etc do you think that brands are made to attract people who want to associate themselves with a certain class or identity I think so. I, I think, believe so. Yeah. Like, the only thing that I can think of as an example right now is, like, if you go to, like, L.A. or, like, Disneyland or Anaheim or somewhere, there's always, like, tourists around, and they're wearing, like, the, the fake Gucci shirts. Mm-hmm. They're associating themselves with that brand to, like, adapt the higher class because Gucci's a luxury brand. Mm-hmm. So I think people totally do that, and I think the brand uses that to its um, advantage. I don't yes. know. Advantage, yeah. We see this with companies such as uh, Supreme, whose whole brand is based off the idea of being, you know, something that people who are rich or affluent Anarchy. might own. Yeah, the items are exclusive. And limited. They make it limited. Yes, they do this by producing a limited stock in most of their stores so that you can't limited quantity sources. Um uh, the the major problem with that is that it's very easy to make a white shirt with the name Supreme on it. Um there would be a lot of fakes. This is uh I was thinking about this uh just the other day. It was the the failure of cryptocurrency because it came up in class. Why did cryptocurrency fail? And the real one of the reasons I think is that most cryptocurrencies aren't backed by anything. Because money, a dollar bill, is not anything. A dollar bill is a promissory note. It's backed by gold. That's what it really means. Uh, just like a check is just, it's not anything. It's just a piece of paper. It's backed by actual physical things, which is why it's worth anything. And the problem that happened with cryptocurrency is there is nothing backing it. There's nothing associated with the thing that you're buying. Agreed. Um, so... It's really, that's that's the same thing as, you know, brands and such. People don't want to associate themselves with a brand that is not backed by anything. 
just a plain white t-shirt. That might be like part of your outfit, but if you have the option, you might go for something more, you know, high quality. Even if they're made out of the same material, made by the same manufacturer, you will go for the higher quality brands because it is backed. By a, it's a promissory note. That's what the brand name is. And that's oh, why people and put their trust in it. People also put their trust in brands because they believe that the brands have high quality um have a high quality like um way of of uh making them. So like for example North Face like Everybody believes that, oh, it's high quality because it's well-made. So it's, they're, they're getting worth, what's worth their money, what's worth of their money. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is uh, one of the, the best examples of this is actually the toothpaste industry. If you've ever looked into this, it's it's quite funny uh, and interesting. But if you look at the back of toothpaste containers and you look at the ingredient sections, you'll find that almost all of them contain the exact same set of ingredients with slight differences here and there, such as one containing like charcoal or other stuff like that, flavoring, etc., etc. But most of the ingredients, the key ingredients, definitely come from the same manufacturers. Um, and the toothpaste itself is only manufactured by two companies, two factories. Mm-hmm. They all come from the same place. So, uh, um, Yet people choose many different brands because they think it's better for their teeth. Yep. You'll have the super, super quote-unquote low-grade toothpaste and then you'll have Colgate and you'll have other high-quality brands that you trust more that are approved by a dentist etc etc but it's all the same stuff in the same bottle with a different brand and that's how they sell a brand name to you and you want to buy that stuff and you want to associate yourself with that stuff that's why yep. people buy nonsensical things such as Supreme. Supreme Brick. And uh, Rebecca, you wanted to talk about the the uh, TED Talk. I remember. Yeah, I think so. The TED Talk, I think, has a lot of logic behind it, so that would go under the logos, uh, characteristic, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the TED Talk. By Sandra Arthur. Uh, logic is uh, was... the ethos. What? Logic is ethos, and then logos is the uh, evidence stuff. So oh. that's like history and graphs and stuff like that. That might have been in yeah. the TED Talk, but the way that she logically spoke, that was that was well, ethos. She, her reasoning to code switching was survival. She was in school... And I think, I believe she was the only black girl in her school. And she used to wear, like, different clothes before. And then she started going to that school and she dressed more like the kids. And started 
talking differently, using their different slang, and she used that to change like who she was to fit in, just like in the article about the students going to class. But that was all I had to really say about the TED talk. But I I really enjoyed uh, her TED talk. I think she had a lot of logic and reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're actually we're actually coming to thirty five minutes right now. So even if we have some yeah. time deducted uh, from the initial uh, failure, uh, so we should probably go over our final thoughts each and every one of us on how we uh what we thought of the article in and of of itself how we if we agreed with it or not how we agreed with it so i'm just gonna go from top to bottom on my screen um and i'll end with myself because i also have to do the outro so we'll start with alexis alexis uh what did you think of the articles did you agree with them did you not so for um, starting with how brands craft national identity articles, I think uh, the overall thing was um, that I talked about and that why I agree with it is it provides insight into the complex relationship between brands and national identity and also how is the potential for brands to play a significant role in shaping national identity in the modern era. So I think it, I, th- I do agree with it that, that it adds on and it helps with um, people to fit in, you know, but for, for uh, the other article, Coast Switch, I had to say that I, I agree and disagree, but if I had to choose uh, one or the other, mm-hmm. I think uh, coast they sh- they sh- we should uh, coast switch in uh, in certain areas, but in the higher education, because talking about in the article, I think we I still say yes that they should uh, coast switch. But um, when it comes to uh, different circumstances, I say no, because I, I wouldn't want to uh, change who I am for uh, to try to fit in with others. I, I would rather just stick out. But that's all I have to say for this. Let's see. Does anyone remember where the the actual thesis statement of the code switching article is? I just I just saw it. It's on page 587, I believe. Was I? Did I say how brands craft national identity? Yeah. Okay. I, 
I, I sometimes do that. I'm not sure. At the top. Oh, yes. Uh, our central contribution is the development of a four part process of how brands create national identity through weeness. Okay. Yeah. So their, their statement is that brands craft national identity through weeness, which I can bring up the definition. It's right here. Weenus. Weenus is an identity shared with a group of others who have or are believed to have some characteristics in common. Okay, so that is the thing that we agree with or don't agree with, uh, which you said you do, which I believe hasn't changed. But I want to bring up the thesis statement for code switching specifically to see if that might change your mind, because that might be different. Um, let's see. The shade code switching behaviors briefly outlines the concepts of social class privilege and bias in higher education. Is the role of code switching as a strategy of navigation and identifies implications for student affairs. So it doesn't seem like they're really uh, not not in what I just read. It doesn't seem like they're saying code switching is a mask or is just your personality it is simply stating that it is a strategy for students to use to navigate uh life in general uh but we're gonna have to move on real quick to jewelry what do you think so um, so what Alex so what Alexis previously said, I I do agree. Um as for how brands craft national identity, yeah, I do agree with that article and for code switching it's uh the same it's almost the exact same uh almost the exact same like thoughts as Lexus just yeah code switching honestly is used for for many things and sometimes well it doesn't need to be used like much and sometimes it does need to be used more mm-hmm. I still do believe that it's um, it's important to code switch like in professional workplaces but also stay true to who you are as a person simply but it's it's just a necessary tool for students to use if necessary yep okay uh nicholas what do you think for I agree with the code switching on the higher social class. I did agree to disagree because at some points, if you're hanging out, like if you're in a high area, like as you said, a corporate job, I would agree to 
talk professionally and stuff like that. But if I'm with just, let's say, my friends and we're just hanging out, then I don't get why I need a code switch if I they already know how I act and I can act normally around them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I mean, preferably you wouldn't be code switching with your friends and family who are people who should be very close to you. Preferably you wouldn't have to change how you act to feel closer to them. But who knows, there are people who might be in a situation where they feel the need to do that. Um... Uh, just to bring up an example, there are um, families that have a long history of domestic abuse that a child might feel the need to code switch in order to not cause any disruption within the household. But uh, that's uh, it's a very specific scenario. But when you're with people you're comfortable with, Hopefully you wouldn't have to, but uh, Rebecca, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't think it's like a area to agree or disagree with the article on code switching. I think it's kind of factual. Students do it, um, mm -hmm. but I did like the article. Um, the other article on how craft, how brands craft national identity, I felt like. It was hard to follow, and it was very biased. So I didn't really enjoy it. But also in their thesis, they used weeness, which is a you know definition they created. So I think it was very biased. But I mean, they do have some good points. Like brands do craft identities for some people, but I don't know if it's like a whole. Like, Agreed. It's a thing that, that really affects they... everyone in general. Yeah. I agree, I Rebecca. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's a place to agree or disagree on the code switching, but I liked that article. But the one on how brands crafted identity, it was all over the place, in my opinion. It was I mean, very biased. With, yes, there. With, I you know. don't know about the bias. I'm... I, want to ask about that but we don't exactly have the time uh but one thing i will say is that in science there is there's no such thing as like a 100 percent like factor it's it's it just doesn't you can't get 100 percent. that's why back like cleaners only eliminate 99.9 percent of germs is because you have no idea what could survive that cleaner and there could possibly be innumerable things that can survive it and there are always exceptions to you know the national identity thing there will be many people who don't who aren't influenced by that because that's just that's just statistics it's only when it reaches a, a certain point, I believe it's 97.2% that a theory is acknowledged as a fact. And I do not think the idea of national, I don't think they went through a survey that 
really i'm not sure if they went through a survey that could really factually say that national identity is a thing that influences the majority of people but they might have i would believe it though um and yeah i do agree with your point on code switching i don't think it is a thing to argue if it is good or bad or wrong or right it is simply a it simply just exists it's something that humans do most humans do not all like i said um but that is gonna be it for today because we have definitely gone over the time limit we are at 47 minutes so i'm gonna wrap it up thank you for joining the two sides podcast with our host obviously alexis go ahead and say goodbye no not hello (laughs) (laughs) saying our buys jory goodbye thank you everyone yeah thank you for listening rebecca hi guys and me and that is all bye bye